Happy Sunday, church family, and just want to welcome you to our online podcast this weekend. We are so excited that you've chosen to join us. Uh, If you're a guest listening in, I want to encourage you to check out our website today. Uh, Go to OCC.org. You can learn more about who we are as a church and uh, learn more about getting involved, uh, serving God with the gifts that he's given you uh, in and through the local church. Well, we are in the final week of our series, Biblical Church Leadership. Over the past four weeks, we've been taking a closer look at what God's word has to say about leadership in the church. Now, if you've missed any one of the messages throughout this series, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to our weekly podcast, or you can watch a past service on our YouTube channel. These messages help lay a biblical foundation for what leadership is meant to look like in the local church, as well as highlighting some of the things that our leadership will be praying about this next season. Well, today we're going to wrap up our series by talking about church members, the men, women, and children who love God and use their gifts to serve the Lord in and through the local church. Now, if you were to ask me this question, if you were to say, Craig, what is your favorite thing about serving as a pastor? Uh, My answer would be short and simple. It would absolutely be working with people. You know, I love writing sermons. I love praying for my church family and worshiping together on Sunday mornings. But my favorite thing about serving as your pastor is having the opportunity to work and serve alongside each and every one of you. So this morning, I'd like to talk about what it looks like to be a member of the local church, specifically here at OCC. In addition to the elders and deacons who lead our church, remember the elders specialize in leading with their words, and deacons specialize in leading with their works. The elders are the shepherds of the church. The deacons are the servants of the church. Um, We also have church members who call OCC their home. Now, to be a member of OCC, uh, you need to be an immersed believer in Jesus. Uh, We currently don't have any formal expectations for church members, although this is something that we're praying about and working on. But I would say that as your pastor, I do have expectations uh, for all those who call OCC their home. And that would include making Sunday worship a priority. It's important that we gather together each and every week that we worship Jesus together. Another expectation that I have is that that you would find an area in the church where you can serve in ministry using the gifts that God's given you. Also, that you'd be part of a growth group where you can build relationships, experience accountability in your faith, and grow in knowledge and application of the word. I like to call this one, one, and one. One hour of corporate worship, one hour of serving, and one hour of growth group participation. If you'll do these things, you'll not only grow in your faith, but you'll make a difference in the lives of others. The picture of the local church that we see in the New Testament is that of a family. You know, when someone believes in Jesus and is baptized into Christ, they're adopted into the family of God, which is the church, uh, with a capital C, the universal church. And when that individual starts to build relationships and serve within the context of the local church, uh, they live life with other believers just like a family. The New Testament talks about the church family uh, like the different parts of the body that are all needed to help the entire body function. And that's what I want to talk about today. As we conclude our series, I'd like for us to look at a wonderful passage of scripture that's found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. 
This passage gives us the clearest example of what it looks like to be part of the body of Christ. Each person serving God with the gifts that God has given them. So you can go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as you do, I'll give you some context before we jump straight to the content. Now, I'll also say that today's message is really just a reminder about some of the important truths that we all already know. I'm a forgetful person, and if you're anything like me, it's good to be reminded about the simple truths of God's word. The apostle Peter believed this when he wrote to Christians in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Peter wrote these words, Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you've been taught. And it's only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. This is how I feel as your pastor. You know, effective coaches, effective pastors, they constantly bring the team back to the fundamentals because they understand that's what helps the team grow. So I'd like for us to be reminded about a few important fundamentals this morning. These are the truths that will help you grow in your faith and will help us stay on the right path as a church family. 1 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. And Corinth was a large city with an extremely diverse culture. Corinth was also a seaport and a major trade center in what's currently modern-day Greece. So you can actually go look on a map and see where Corinth would have been. Now, the church in Corinth was largely made up of Gentile Christians. Um, Paul had established or planted this church on his second missionary journey and was now writing to them, addressing some of the issues that had surfaced in the church. Paul wanted to offer biblical solutions to some of the problems they were facing. And he also wanted to teach the new believers in the church how to live for Christ, especially in a culture that was hostile towards the message of Jesus. While it's not part of the passage that we're going to look at this morning, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 is a key verse in the book of 1 Corinthians and really helps us get an idea about what Paul is trying to accomplish with his letter. So Paul wrote these words in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. He says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So with that as an introduction, I'd like for us to turn our attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Beginning in verse 12, this is what we read. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, Some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. 
and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is part of it. And what an awesome passage of scripture. If you're taking notes this morning, the first truth that I'd like to talk about is this, um, that while we come to know Christ individually, we do not live in Christ alone. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 12 and 13 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Uh, Friends, your faith in Jesus is meant to be a sincere faith that's lived out in the context of community. And while there are private aspects of your relationship with God, uh, maybe prayer, uh, reading and meditating on God's word, uh, giving and and generosity, um, you were never meant to go through life alone. God wants us to grow in relationship with himself and with others. In fact, God's word describes the local church like a flock, a family, and a body. A flock is not a flock if there's just one sheep. That that wouldn't make sense. A family is not a family if there's just one person. And the body is not a body if there's only a few parts. So even though we might come from different backgrounds, Jesus unites us into one family, the body of Christ. Truth number two this morning is that every part of the body is important. Every part of the body is important. Uh, Verses 14 through 17 says, Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? See, every part of the body is important. And every person is important. In Christ, we're all part of the same body. But this body has to have all the parts to function properly. Again, you can't have a healthy and functioning body with just a bunch of hands. Or a healthy and functioning body with with a bunch of feet. You know, it's tempting for us to look at what others can do or are doing in the church and then believe the lie that I'm not as valuable or as needed as they are. But I want to remind you about an important truth this morning. And that is, an ear is just as much part of the body as an eye. A nose is just as much part of the body as a toe. Um, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, made in the image of your creator God to do the good works that he planned for you to do long ago. So regardless of what others say about you or even how you feel about yourself at times, um, you are needed in the body of Christ. 
I remember when I was interviewing for senior ministry positions, um, I applied at a church in Texas. Now, I knew ahead of time uh, that they required someone with a Master's of Divinity, uh, an MDiv, and I don't have that. But I thought I'd apply anyway because the church looked like it was healthy, at least from the outside. Um, Well, I got a phone call, surprisingly, and uh, I talked to a few of the leaders in the church. And about five or ten minutes into the conversation, um, I already knew that this wasn't going to work. Uh, number one, they were looking for someone with an MDiv. Um, but two, they said they needed a pastor that was really intellectual because the rest of their congregation was really intellectual. Um, what I took away from that conversation was this, that uh, their church was made up of a bunch of brains. All right? They didn't have uh, hands and, and feet and ears and, and eyes and toes. They, they didn't have those things, maybe one or two here and there, but they were primarily a bunch of brains. And I thought, you know, how sad is that, um, that... There's a church that's not really representative of what the body of Christ is supposed to be. See, in Christ, um, we're all part of the same body. But this body has to have all the parts to function properly. I said last week that there are no menial tasks in the kingdom of God. And this means that every single task is important. I also believe there are no unwanted people in the kingdom of God. Uh, The gospel is for everyone. When you believe in Jesus and are adopted into the family of God, you're meant to play a vital role in the family. So every part of the body is important. Truth number three, every part of the body has to be in its proper place. Every part of the body has to be in its proper place. Uh, Verses 18 through 21, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be If it had only one part, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So our physical bodies are put together, not by human invention, but by God's design. And it's the same for the body of Christ. You know, when my two younger sons try to draw a person, right? My younger son, who's three years old, uh, he'll usually draw stick figures. And then my five-year-old, um, he'll try to draw it more accurate to what he's actually trying to draw. And they do a pretty good job, but the body parts are almost always misplaced. It's actually kind of funny. Again, they do a great job, but I'm so grateful that God didn't put them in charge of designing the human body. It would be an absolute mess. These verses remind us about the important truth that our bodies have many different parts. We, we all know this. We have ears, eyes, hands, and, and feet. And that God has designed and placed these parts exactly where he wants them to be. Well, it's the same for the body of Christ. In Christ, you have been gifted to serve God and build up the church in a specific way. And I fear that far too often we, we attend church on Sunday And then we live in isolation Monday through Saturday, never taking the opportunity to use the gifts that God has given us. And this season has been especially difficult for many of us, but the truth remains the same, that God has not created us for isolation and that every part of the body has to be in its proper place if the body is going to be healthy and functioning in the way that God intended And if you're already serving in a ministry, I want to encourage you to keep building relationships, keep growing, and keep serving. Um, If you're a new believer or if you're new to OCC and you're currently sitting on the sidelines, I want to encourage you to get in the game. You know, meaningful involvement, meaningful relationship, and meaningful ministry in the church happens with others. It, It never happens in isolation. 
God has gifted you for ministry. And he wants you to use your gifts as you serve as part of the body of Christ. And being part of the body means that you serve with others and that you serve in the proper place. Truth number four. No part of the body is greater than the other. No part of the body is greater than the other. Verses 22 through 26 says, In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Paul made the case that there should be a diversity of gifts in the local church and that we should celebrate how others have been gifted. It's been said that we should serve how we've been gifted and humbly reject the areas we're not. And that just means that you don't feel superior to others in how you've been gifted, and you don't spend your time trying to serve in areas where you're not. Instead, we should all use our gifts willingly and purposefully as we serve as part of the body of Christ. You know, there are upfront gifts, things like teaching and maybe administration, And there are behind-the-scenes gifts, things like serving, uh, mercy-showing, and and shepherding. We should never discount the gift and contributions of another person, no matter how big or small it may seem. And we shouldn't be dissatisfied with the gift or gifts that God has given us. Every part of the body is needed. So we should encourage each other as we grow in Christ, using our gifts to serve God and others. No part of the body is greater than the other. Truth number five, this is the last point for today. Uh, The body should learn to move together. The body should learn to move together. The last verse in this section of scripture, verse 27, says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. You know, you don't send one part of your physical body in one direction and another part in another direction. That, That just wouldn't make sense. Uh, When it comes to movement uh, from an early age, you have to learn how to make all your body parts work together if you're going to move. And when it comes to movement in the church, we have to learn to move together, working toward the same goals and mission that God has given us, each part doing the job that it was created to do. We gather together, we grow together, and we serve together. We learn to move together as the body of Christ My favorite thing about serving as your pastor is having the opportunity to serve right alongside each and every one of you. It really is an honor to be able to serve in this way. Today, I want you to remember that while we come to know Christ individually, we do not live in Christ alone. That every part of the body is important. Every part of the body has to be in its proper place. No part of the body is greater than the other, and the body should learn to move together. In Christ, we are the body of Christ. God wants us to use the gifts that he's given us to make his name famous and to help move forward the mission of the church.